Welcome to the Learn to Lead podcast, where we'll be asking big questions. How does a leader become a leader? This is a new grassroots movement. We know podcasts are growing in popularity. We also know that our students are thinking about life after university and what comes next. We hope this podcast will help share the stories and experiences from staff across campus and provide you, our students, with some helpful information. Each week, our amazing student coordinator of the Learn to Lead program, Helen, will be interviewing a new person to find out more about their career path, impactful moments, and advice. Let's jump into our first episode. Helen is talking with Leslie, who has been working at the university for 20 plus years. Hello, and welcome to Learn to Lead, the podcast where we talk to leaders about how they lead, what they've learned, and what they recommend for our journeys towards becoming better leaders. Today, we're joined by Leslie Glur Duncan, who's the Associate Director of Western University's Transition Leadership and Enrichment Team. Leslie, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Helen? Also good. Uh, okay, so to start, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your education and experiences and how you came to your current position? Absolutely, I'd love to. So uh, I've been working at Western close to 20 years, which is hard for me to believe because I would say uh, early on in my career and as a student myself, I never thought I would be in a role uh, for as long as I've been uh, in this current role at Western. And I think that really uh, speaks volumes to uh, the opportunities that I get to uh, work on and be engaged in and the people that I get to work with every year, every day, all that. So I think for me, uh, growing up, I, I had this vision probably in high school that I wanted to uh, do something that helped people and, and was in a role that was able to give back. But I didn't really know what that looked like or uh, what that might be. I thought about working for a not-for-profit or an NGO, and I envisioned traveling a lot because I love to travel. And other than that, I didn't really have, um, have much of a clue. And so I think for me, uh, some of the formative experiences that uh, really shaped my interests and, and things that I enjoy, uh, I have traveled a lot. I was fortunate enough in high school to take a semester off and travel with my parents to um, to Asia and throughout many different countries in, in Asia because my aunt and uncle were living abroad and working abroad at the time. And so uh, that was incredible and really sort of shaped sort of that love of travel and leading sort of um, perhaps in some regards a non-traditional path or non-traditional life. And then in university, I continued that love for travel and I spent my final year of university living abroad. And I lived in the south of France and studied in the south of France, which was also amazing and I highly recommend any chance to travel is probably one of the best educations not only in terms of getting to know other cultures and other people but also learning about yourself and I really I think my travel experiences have uh, taught me a lot about myself and my leadership and, and all of that and then once I graduated from Western, I um, continued that idea of traveling and I spent three years living in Alberta uh, in Lake Louise. And so I was a supervisor and, and manager for Canadian Pacific Hotels, which is now Fairmount Hotels, and uh, really loved that experience too and, and 
grew a lot as a person and certainly took a lot of leadership um, experiences from, from that work. So after leaving Alberta, wanting to come home and be closer to my family, that's where I really started to focus on looking for roles that were going to be something that I probably would stick more with for the long term. And so that's what brought me to applying to Western many, many, many times before getting a role at Western. I also completed a one-year post-grad diploma program. So I graduated with a history degree from King's, uh, an honors history degree from King's University College here at Western, and then took a one-year post-grad diploma uh, in corporate communications and public relations, and then have been at Western since 2002. So as I said, we're, we're getting close to that 20 year mark, which is just um, totally uh, amazing to me that that I've been here this long. But I think, again, it speaks to the variety that I get to be engaged in, um, the opportunities to connect with students. And that probably has added so much value to, to my life and just the constant um, learning that I get to do. So. Wow, you've been on quite the adventure. Okay, so I'm going to throw a couple curveballs at you just because I have so many questions. I love it. Um, on, the, on the topic of your traveling, because I think this is something that a lot of students, especially Western, which is so international and has so many opportunities, are really interested in. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your time um, in Asia and in the south of France and what you learned um, about leadership, but also just about people or yourself in general and how that's shaped you? Mm -hmm. So um, I think through travel for me, it, uh, it taught me a lot about um, how we can, how we can uh, rise up and also sort of that idea. I think that the common lingo now is like leaning into discomfort. Right. And mm -hmm. I think travel teaches you a lot about that because yeah. sometimes you have no control over the situation. And me being someone who likes to, in most cases, have a, a lot of say in how things will play out, um, how my day will go, have some control there. I tend to be the driver of the family because I like to drive and uh, it's probably control, but also I do get car sick. So um, <laughs> all those things. But I think travel pushes us outside of our comfort zone, um, but in a really good way, because it tests our limits, it tests um, us, and, and it's also an awareness that we can't always be in control of things, right? And so I think I learned a lot um, traveling at a young age about that, that, you know, patience is is really important. And sometimes things are outside your control, and you need to feel, feel like 12 hours in an airport. And, you know, uh, figuring out that discomfort but also you can still um you know have fun or you can you know fill the time with reading and and things that I love to do so I think for me um travel has taught me a lot of of those types of skills that you know um patience perseverance um that being lonely is a human experience that we all you know experience loneliness and uh and you know, to different degrees, but it also helps to, to understand that um, opening up and, you know, uh, sharing sometimes your feelings around those things can also help you make a new friend or mm -hmm. help you connect with someone on the other side of the world who, you know, might also be experiencing that. So uh, I think for me, uh, it taught me uh, a lot about, you know, 
allowing yourself to be vulnerable and opening up sometimes about that is is one of the best ways to make connections with other people yeah mm -hmm. and were there any cross-cultural lessons that come to mind in particular or things that you learned from maybe a way of life or a perspective mm. that we don't have here Absolutely. I think, uh, certainly, so I spent um, about three weeks in Indonesia, which is where my aunt and uncle were living at the time, and wow. um, and traveled through the island, like across the island of Java, and then um, spent the remainder of our time in Indonesia uh, in Bali. And I think, uh, I think being in Indonesia for as long as we were, uh, and it was our second or third stop along the way I can't remember now it was a long long time ago but I think um I think the the community aspect of um some of the locations that we were at and really seeing how um how people who deemed by western sort of culture uh have very little right so this idea of of um not having a lot of um, material things, it didn't mm -hmm. impact uh, what you could see in terms of their outward perspective on life and their happiness. And in fact, I would say that generally, um, you know, some of the most remote areas and places I've traveled to, um, people who, you know, have very little material things, generally, I would say lead somewhat happier lives in, in, in some regards, right? And so I, I think I took a lot of that away, especially I was only 16 when I when I did that trip. And I think for me, being able to see that um, it wasn't so much how much you've accumulated in terms of you know building a happy life, it's it's more so about the relationships and the people around you and the support that you feel and um, you know all of that. And, and I really think that's some of what I, I took away the most for early travel experiences uh, is less about the, the material aspect of, of life and more about sort of the importance of building community and um, those networks of support. Uh, mm -hmm. So I would say, and even in France, so um, I would say generally a bit of a slower pace to life um, yeah. and and recognizing that that slower pace is, is um, something that can also help with happiness and fulfillment and, and that reflection piece. And I, I certainly try to, to weave that into my own life um, on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. So that was actually going to be my next question is how do you um, in your role or in any other place where you find yourself in a position of leadership, how do you weave those takeaways into the decisions that you're making or how you're leading your teams? Um, it's interesting because I, when I, so I, uh, while working at Western, I did complete my master's in education and educational leadership. And I had a final project that I needed to complete for that master's degree. And uh, at the time, I was really interested in, because of my hospitality background and uh, experiences working in travel and tourism, uh, I was interested in how in student affairs, it, it is kind of similar to that hospitality experience, mm -hmm. because you are hosting in some ways students for a period of time in their life at a formative 
time in their life. And I actually did my final research project on the idea of servant leadership in student affairs. And so um, servant leadership, the pre premise is, is around service to others, right? And, and I still think that that style of leadership is a really valuable way of looking at leadership in anything where you are sort of um, looking to serve other humans and other individuals, because in many regards, it, it puts others first. Um, but you also need to be aware that um, putting others first can also take a toll on you. So I think mm -hmm. now in a more, uh, you know, I, I completed that project at least 10 or so years ago. Um, and um, I think that now, while I still have that focus, and I try to embed that idea of service to others in my work. I also know that you need to be aware of what your limits are and setting boundaries is still uh, and, and very much important. And so I think now it's more of a balanced sort of collaborative leadership and, and less about always putting others first because I think I've learned over time that if you continually always put others first, you will burn out and that's okay. then mm -hmm. not helping anyone. So uh, I would say initially I had that really true um, always putting others first as my value. And I'd still say that that's a very strong value that I uphold, but also recognizing that limits and boundaries are also important. So it's less about always serving others and more about collaboration and making sure, um, you know, always taking your own needs in, in, uh, in to account as well. Right. Because we can't serve others if we're burnt out. So. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Um, Absolutely. Do you have any, um, this will probably be our last question, time's just flying, but do you have any tips and tricks on what that looks like practically for you on maintaining that well-being so that you can be the best leader that you can be? And then maybe just any broad advice that you have for students who are looking to develop as leaders? Mm -hmm. So I think in terms of broad advice, uh, I think it's helpful to, to have the, the notion of, of being a sponge, right? So I think um, surround yourself with people who uplift you and inspire you, um, people who you look up to. Um, read what they're reading, listen to podcasts or listen to videos and, and TED Talks and things like that. Observe others, but also don't hesitate to like reach out to people and just have conversations like what we're doing, right? I think, um, I think people surprise you that they're more often than not totally willing to sit down and have a conversation and, and talk about their journey of what got them to, to where they are and, and talk about challenges and setbacks too, right? Um, I, think, I think that can be a, a really helpful tool in terms of gaining your skills and characteristics. I also think it's important to put yourself out there and try different roles. And even if you do not like that role or like working for that leader, you may still walk away and have learned something. So even if it's a negative experience with a supervisor or a leader that you have, you'll probably walk away knowing even more definitively how you don't want to emulate your, you know, your own experiences or, or how you might want to lead others. So um, I also think it's important that um, you have 
you know, experiences that inspire you and uplift you and also experiences that help you go, oh, you know what, never again, I'm not going to do that ever again. Um, and so I think that those are great ways of learning and that's okay. I always used to say, um, I can do anything for six months or I can do anything for a mm. year. If this role is something that I'll give it a try for a year and, and that's enough time, then I can, you know, de determine afterwards what my next course of action is. But you need to sort of give yourself permission to try something. And if it's not the right fit, it's not the right fit. And that's okay. Um, and I do think uh, a lot of times we have this vision of where our life will take us. And that's our only option. So plan A is it. It's, <laughs> it's okay to have, you know, plan A, and then to refocus six months later, or eight months later, or a year later, and be like, you know, that was my plan A at that point in my life. My plan A has switched, and that's okay. Be kind to yourself about those um, pivots, right? Because we all have them. And sometimes plan E might surprise us and be that's much right. better than we thought. Totally, yeah. exactly. My dad always used to say there's good experiences and learning experiences, but no yeah. bad experiences. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Well, thank you so much, Leslie, for your time. It's been so interesting for me and I hope for everyone just to hear about your traveling and your learning and some great tips for us to put into practice. Awesome. Um, yeah. Thank you for taking time for us and I hope you have a great